Welcome to Industry Focus, the podcast that dives into a different sector of the stock market every day. It's Friday, March 10th, and we're talking tech and the perils of shorting a stock. I'm your host, Dylan Lewis, and I'm joined in the studio by Motley Pool Premium Analyst, Jason Moser. Jason, Hello, how's it going? All right. How about you? Working on getting over a cold. Yeah, you and me both. Yeah, we're going to try to make <laughs> it through this episode without hacking. I picked the perfect person to be on. We are going to have to just, I mean, this is going to take a double effort here. You have a little mug of tea right I now. I do. You know, this is, this is, I'm figuring this helps. Yeah. yeah I, th- I thought it would be coffee, but I think coffee actually dehydrates you a little bit. Yeah. Uh, oddly enough, it's like mostly water, but apparently it's not like good for you. Yeah. Uh, tea is so a much better option. Yeah. That's what I'm understanding. And, and it's so far, it's working. So let's, Let's hope it'll last. Yeah. So, listeners, please excuse any huge coughing fits or anything like that. I have a 32 ounce bottle of water next to me <laughs> as we do this show. We're going to try to make it through, though. Um, but after our episode last week, Snap the morning after, we talked about the market reaction to Snap's IPO. We got an email from one of our listeners, uh, this guy Chris, and he'd asked Dylan said that the risks of shorting could be catastrophic. How and why can shorting have more potential for catastrophic loss than buying into a company? And I mean, we wound up getting a similar-ish question on the Motley Fool podcast Facebook group, which is awesome. If anyone isn't a part of that, yeah. check it out. We bounce ideas back and forth. It's a great place to connect with the cast and other fools that are interested in the podcast. Just make, as a plug, make fun of people. Make fun on of the people. podcast. Yeah, I mean, we just Bill Barker. I think is a subject of a joke here and there. Yeah, he he gets Always jabbed fun. a decent <laughs> amount. <laughs> um, but someone in that group also raised something similar with the idea of potentially shorting Snap, and. I love it when people drop these kind of questions because it gives us a great lens into what people are thinking about the market yeah. and, and what they want addressed on the show. And so I figured we would kind of tackle this topic, talk a little bit broadly about shorting. I mean, we've talked snap to death at this point. I think, sure. I think we've yeah. done two out of the last four episodes in tech about it. So we'll try to keep it away from snap and mostly just about the mechanics of shorting and some of the pitfalls uh, that people need to be aware of. But um, I think before we get too much into the, the downside, I think we should just kind of walk through some of the mechanics of shorting itself and what you're really doing when you're shorting a stock. Yeah. Well, I mean, shorting a stock first and foremost is basically placing a bet on its demise. You're betting against it. Normally, if we what we what we do so much of here is we recommend people buy stocks and we think that those are going to be good investments for the long haul. They will do uh, they will appreciate in value. When you short a stock, you're basically betting that stock is going to fall or depreciate in value. Um, and there could be any number of reasons why you would short, but ultimately, you're basically borrowing a stock from your broker, selling it to someone else at a given price. And then at some point, you're going to need to buy it back and then return it to the broker. So if you short a stock, then ideally you want to see the price go down after you short it. So you would be be able to buy it back at a lower price. You get to pocket the difference. Um, I think the biggest problem I have with shorting, and, and to the question that that the listener was asking, is that if you think about it, when you when you buy shares in a company, when you invest on the long side, the very worst case scenario is you lose all of your money. So if you invest a thousand dollars in company X Y Z. And company XYZ goes bankrupt, you may very well lose your thousand dollars, and that sucks. I mean, nobody wants to do that, right? But that's the downside, right? It's quantifiable. The thing with shorting a stock is you can lose a lot more than one hundred percent of your money because you you short a stock at, at you know XYZ at a hundred dollars a share, and all of a sudden XYZ takes off, and a year later or six months later it's five hundred dollars a share. Well, you're stuck. You you've lost. A lot more than just 100% of your money, right? And and I think that's probably the scariest part to me about shorting is that there's far more downside than if you were just going to buy 
shares of a company and, and hold on to them um, as a long investor would, like we like we do. Yeah, the, I think the best way to think about it is you take the upside downside of going long yeah. and just flip it, and that, that's basically what you're looking at. That's it. And as kind of a super basic example here, and a lot of what we're going to be talking about on this show is kind of basic shorting, not working with any options in addition to a short position, right. just to kind of keep things simple. But um, say you borrow one share at ten dollars, you're selling it immediately. Ten dollars gets deposited into your margin account. Then you have one of two scenarios playing out. We'll say shares are at seven dollars a week later, at which point you would probably buy a share and then return it to your brokerage, pocket the three dollars, maybe minus any fees or anything like that. Yeah. Scenario B: shares are at thirteen dollars a week later, in which case you're probably getting a call <laughs> from from your brokerage <laughs> yeah. saying uh, we need you to put more money into this margin account to cover the losses because right now you can't do that with only the ten dollars that are currently in your account. Yeah, and that's a good point. A lot of this stuff is out of your control at some point, maybe. Um, when you're borrowing those shares to then sell them off to someone else, you're not necessarily, you can't just do that for as long as you want to do it. I mean, there are a lot of other factors at play that could sort of dictate what you have to do at some point in the future. Whereas, you know, you could buy shares of Amazon tomorrow and hang on to them for the next 20 years if you want. And, Nobody can take it away from you unless it's taken private or acquired by someone else, and obviously that's not likely to happen. But yeah, with shorting, it seems like you don't have the same freedom there. And I think one of the other dangers that we see with shorting is this idea of getting a margin call and being this yeah. position where you've already made that initial bet, and then you're going to have to decide whether you want to keep going at it and keep banking on that short position and that thesis against that company, or if you ultimately want to. You know, buy shares at the market price, which is above your position, and just eat the losses. So, so in that second example, if you decide not to put more money in your margin account, basically you'd wind up buying shares back at the market price, which would be thirteen dollars, and you'd close out the position and just eat the three dollars. Of course, you could put more money in your margin account; <laughs> shares could go up to fifteen, twenty bucks, and then you're back in the same predicament. And yeah. so, you can wind up in this kind of incremental. You know, you keep digging in the hole, and it keeps getting darker and darker, and dirt keeps going up on the ground, but you can't see the sun. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, shorting to me is one of those situations, and I don't do it. I'll be very clear. Like, I just to me, it's not. I just to me, it's not worth it. But you could be totally right in theory if you come up with a thesis as to why to short a stock. This company's cash flow is not as good as they report, or management you think is crooked, or whatever you may think it is. You could actually be totally right, but there's that saying, right? It's something to the effect that the market can remain irrational far longer than you can remain solvent. Which and, is the big and, concern. And, yeah. And I mean, like at the end of the day, the market is going to have to say so in this. And I mean, to me, shorting a stock is you, you, you could be totally right and still totally lose. And, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and to that point, in a, lot of, in a lot of situations, you're basically paying to watch your thesis play out. Because very often there is a stock loan fee associated with yep. shorting, and so unlike when you are long and you buy shares, and you know you probably pay a commission to buy your shares, that's it. You hold them, you hold them for as long as you want, and you can watch the stock go up and down, and just kind of enjoy the entertainment there. In addition to uh, seeing what goes on with your portfolio, but as you hold or maintain a short position longer, uh, it's going to cost you more money in yeah, fees. You're paying for it. And so, you know, beyond the margin calls, uh, there's going to be other things coming in there and kind of eating into what your potential returns might be. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the fact that you can short stocks. I mean, I think that it's a good thing for the market in that it's sort of, I mean, it's good for the liquidity side of things. And, and there's plenty of big finance out there that, you know, wants to short big lots of shares of stocks. 
whatever. That's all fine. I mean, I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I just think for individual retail investors like us, I think it's one thing to make a bear call on a stock. It's another one entirely to sit there and make a bear call and then decide to short it. I think for me, I have more entertainment in making the bear call and then kind of following it. I just don't think the reward is just not there for me in shorting. It's just I'm just not feeling it. Well, and in a basic short, your returns are more or less limited to 100. Yeah, percent That's right. That's a very good point. Whereas if you go long something, you know, you can have a multi bagger and then you're, you're doing you know maybe 1500 percent in returns or something like that if you hold something over a 10 year period and it's a really explosive growth stock. So for the kind of asymmetrical risk that you take on. Uh, the upside isn't really all that fantastic. No. And you mentioned options. I mean, there are ways you could sort of short a stock via options if you just wanted to sell like a put or, I mean, uh, buy a put or something like that, um, sell a call, however, however you want to utilize an option strategy to do it. That would at least cap your downside. Um, but again, I mean, you're getting into options, which is a far more sort of esoteric uh, way of investing that some people just don't prefer to do it. And um, it requires a little bit more attention and time. That will be a follow-on episode <laughs> yeah, to sure. this, I think. Um, Make sure to bring Jeff Fisher in for that. Oh one. <laughs> yes, I'll be talking with Jeff Fisher or J.P. Bennett, I think, uh, for that one. There's that cough we've there been talking about. Um, a couple other things that I think are worth keeping in mind here when you're talking about shorting a stock, maybe reasons against it. Um, you are super subjected to really big downside when it comes to earnings surprises or M&A activity or anything that's kind of black swanny like. Say Brexit, and uh, you know the U.S. election results. It looked like Brexit and the U.S. election were going to have huge impacts downward with the market, right? Yep. And what did we see? You know, a, a week later, a couple weeks later, right back up. And long term, we've seen nice cap, nice capital appreciation in the equity market. Sure, absolutely. So, um, you know, maybe maybe a company blows earnings out of the water, and even though long term you might be right, like you were talking about. Uh, the immediate market reaction is going to be positive, and you're going to have to deal with that, like we talked about with margin calls and things. Yeah, and I think shorting is certainly more of a, a short-term style investment vehicle, right? I mean, you're focusing on, I think, a much shorter timeline than typically we we like to focus on here as, as business style investors. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, a couple other things to keep in mind: I, you're generally betting against the motion of the market. Yep. You know, you think about what's going on on a on a multi-year basis. Uh, the market, the S and P 500 at least, tends to climb. Um, you know, I, I don't see that changing. Mm-hmm. You know, on a multi-year basis. And so, yes, while we're looking at shorter horizons when you're talking about short selling, um, that it's it's tough when you're going kind of against the momentum of everything, against the grain of everything. Yeah. And. Um, a couple other just kind of more nuanced elements of shorting. You are on the hook for dividends that are paid out while the shares are on loan, so uh, you will have to pay those along to the brokerage. Not that you would necessarily be shorting a dividend-paying stock, you know, because they tend to be a little bit more stable, but um, that is something to keep in mind. Additionally, if you are looking at an uncovered short, so when you don't have any options at play, you don't own any of the underlying shares in any way, um, those are treated as short-term capital gains. Yes. Which is something to keep in mind. You got a tax bill. You got to deal with it in any in any which way. Which you know, always need to keep that in mind. Yeah, um, that kind of does it for the stuff I wanted to hit with shorting a stock. Anything you want to hit, Jason? You know, I think it, it's, it's it's one thing to read the headlines, especially with these big IPOs that come out, and that's always going to be sort of the the bull versus bear sort of 
pull at it there. I mean, I think Snap is just the easiest example, but Twitter, certainly Facebook was another one. Amazon, I think, is a great example of a business where you've had so many people who have thought for so long, this just doesn't make any sense. The stock is way too overvalued. They don't you know, earn any money, and it's just all because Bezos reinvests that money into the business. Again, a good example of where you could have gone short on Amazon, and 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 it would have made sense to the extent that the business isn't making or isn't producing any real earnings. But when you dig deeper and you understand why it's not producing earnings and what it's doing and the competitive position of the business and sort of the opportunity, then you sort of recognize why the market is 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 assigning such a hefty valuation because really they see that Amazon is looking so far forward to this big opportunity in e-commerce and so. I feel for anybody who who was shorting Amazon from that perspective, and I, I just think tech, in particular, very difficult to go in there and make those kinds of calls. So, um, to me, again, I I'm not saying don't short, but I, certainly, I mean, make sure you understand everything involved with it before you do it, because I have heard from one or two investors who have, you know, come out on the bad end of that, and it's just really, really sad to hear. Yeah, you don't want to dig yourself a hole that's gonna no. have, you're gonna have trouble getting out of. Um, we talked about things, like I said, in kind of a basic overview type format here. There's a lot more nuance to it. I think at some point down the road, we'll probably do something that talks a little bit about bearish bets with options, just because there's clearly listener appetite for that. Um, so, listeners, you can kind of be looking out for that and expecting it to be an episode at some point soon. Um, I realize this is kind of a quicker episode, but um, we are teeing up for our South by Southwest trip, so we're a little nice. bit busy this week. You say we, it's you, not me. Yes, that's I'm true. I'm going to be sitting here while you guys are out there in Texas. Yeah. Listening to music, eating barbecue, probably drinking a cold beer or two. I guess we're also going to go to some sessions, though. Yeah. <laughs> um, nice life. You guys are going to be getting some not so great weather here over there. That's what I understand. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Appreciate it. <laughs> but but uh, <laughs> that is all to plug um, the full team or some of the full team being in Austin for South by Southwest. Uh, we're also going to do a listener and member meetup while we're there. Which That'll is be awesome. awesome. It seems like a great response every year when, when y'all head out there. So I think last year we were at we were at Guero's Taco Bar. I think that's what we're doing again uh, in Austin. And uh, if you want information on what's going to be going on, just shoot us an email at industryfocus@fool.com. And we'll get you the info if you're going to be in the Austin area. I think last year we had maybe like two dozen folks hanging out with the analysts and dozens of, of listeners. The, dozens of listeners. <laughs> I think everyone that listened to the show came. Nice. Which is amazing. Um, but yeah, feel free to reach out on that email and we'll make sure that you have all the info. Um, obviously, next week with most of the tech following people and the Market Foolery host, Chris Hill, being there, um, we are going to be super South by Southwest heavy. With our content, all of next week for industry focus is going to be South by Southwest related. It's either going to be me or Simon Erickson um, calling in boots on the ground. Sounds like fun. So it should be good. Um, anything else before I let you go, Jason? Safe travels, my man. We'll see you when right. you get back. Enjoy the cold weather. Well, thanks, <laughs> listeners. That does it for this episode of Industry Focus. If you have any questions or if you just want to reach out and say hey, you can shoot us an email at industryfocus@fool.com. You can always tweet us at MF Industry Focus. If you're looking for more of our stuff, subscribe on iTunes or check out The Fool's family of shows at fool.com slash podcasts. As always, people on the program program might own companies discussed on the show, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against stocks mentioned. So don't buy or sell anything based solely on what you hear. For Jason Moser, I'm Dylan Lewis. Thanks for listening, and Fool on. Fool on.